then it's time to click in. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes. Good morning, everyone. Good to see your smiling faces. Well, um, <laughs> I want to I want to start with a prayer this morning. <laughs> um, we. Um, uh, we we need a prayer this morning <laughs> to get to get through this. It's um, it's a section that I I I sometimes find um, the wording of paragraphs. I understand the course's metaphysics. I understand what it says. I understand my part. But sometimes the wording of a particular paragraph or a series of paragraphs mm -hmm. is very difficult to unravel. <laughs> I don't know if any of you find that can be <laughs> true for you. But it, that's when, yeah, I, I really want to throw the book at the wall. And um, this section or the two sections that we're going to be doing, I found some of, of the reading really difficult. Um, I, I could hear at one point, uh, Tim and I were reading it together. And he says, I can hear, I can hear Helen screaming at this, at this point. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you have to sit down and, and write out when it says it, what it's referring back to, and you really have to do some deciphering. And um, so that was this section. So um, we're going to start with um, a prayer. And um, it's going to be um, Lesson 305. And it's on page 452. And uh, since it's um, about vision, which is what we're we're learning now, what vision is and what reason is, uh, I thought it would be a, an appropriate um, lesson for us. So, uh, lesson three zero five. There is a peace that Christ bestows on us. It's given, it's bestowed on us. Who uses but Christ's vision finds a peace so deep and quiet, undisturbable and wholly changeless that the world contains no counterpart. Comparisons are still before this peace, and all the world departs in silence as this peace envelops it and gently carries it to truth, no more to be the home of fear. For love has come and healed the world by giving it Christ's peace. Father, the peace of Christ is given us because it is your will that we be saved. Help us today but to accept your gift and judge it not, 
for it has come to us to save us from our judgment on ourselves. And we'll take a few minutes of silence together. <clears throat> And gently bring that peace with you as you come back into our classroom together. <clears throat> the first thing I want to reiterate from uh, chapter 21 is uh, the prayer. Um, actually, it's a, a declaration um, the I am responsible uh, declaration. Um, we repeated it the other day, and I, th I think it <laughs> would be do well to repeat it a lot <laughs> in our in our daily daily, daily lives. Um, uh, and in in listening to it, uh, I want to make sure that we are understanding that when we are using um, the words um, uh, that speak of our perception, which all of these do, what, what I see, what I feel, um, what I ask for, what I decide, um, all of these are speaking about our interpretation. Our, our first uh, step in forgiveness is uh, not to say there aren't any bodies, um, there are no bodies, and there is no world. Our first step in uh, our practice of forgiveness is to look at our interpretations, what we are saying about what we are seeing, uh, so that we don't get into the mistaken idea that um, how do it, how did I cause this flu or how did I cause this car accident or how did I cause this whatever it is. It's not talking about um, responsibility for causing things outside of ourselves. It's talking about we're responsible for the way we look at it. In other words, who are we looking at it with? So the statement uh, goes to say this and mean it. In other words, have no reservations about it. The way in which I am 
interpreting this, seeing it, uh, thinking about it, is what I'm responsible for. So I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience. And I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and I receive as I have asked. So the, the way in which seeing happens, and you know, I, will, uh, I will repeat that again as well because we can't hear it enough. <clears throat> it is um, on page 231. You must look in before you look out. So assume always that you've already looked in and you've decided who your guide is for the day. You've decided whether the Holy Spirit is your guide for the day. And we ask for that in the prayer. We ask for Christ's vision. Um, but every day we should be vigilant about asking for this as, as soon as we remember it, as soon as we wake up. Who is my guide, my teacher today? So we look within and we decide who the teacher is. Uh, which means we also are deciding who we think we are. Are we um, the Son of God and asking to uh, see through the eyes of Christ? Or are we looking through the eyes of the ego, in which case uh, we're going to have a rocky ride for, for the day until we change our mind? So um, sometimes we get up and uh, we're not exactly um, on the right side of the road in this, that sense. And we begin to feel um, like, you know, uh, something's just not right. Well, what, what's not right is we have not invited the right teacher to be with us. And uh, throughout the day, it's good to check in and see, you know, who who is my, uh, who's riding shotgun with me, you know, who's sitting in the seat next to me. And so um, we choose the guide for seeing, and then we look out, and then we behold his witnesses. So the witnesses to the teacher we've chosen will be um, uh, the miracles, actually, uh, the changes in perception that uh, we see as we go, go through our day. And um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, I had a uh, situation the other day um, when I found out that I had sort of, uh, I wouldn't say lost, um, a chunk of money was missing <laughs> where it should have been. <laughs> and it was a considerable chunk of money, at least it was for me. And, um, and, uh, and you know, it was, it was hacking, somebody hacked into something and, 
and, and got some money. And I fortunately had chosen the right teacher that day. And there was no, um, no victimization in it at all. It was, um, you know, the, the, I didn't cause that to happen. I didn't make that situation happen, but I sure had the opportunity to, to look at it from um, uh, a right-minded perspective or a wrong-minded perspective. And it was um, not something that I had to go in and correct. It was just naturally there. Now, I wouldn't say that would always be the, the case in something like that, but it was a good, it was a good teaching moment where I, I really got to see the value of being right-minded to begin with. And um, so, uh, and, and, you know, ultimately, um, we need to get to a place where our interpretations become right-minded, consistently right-minded, or we're having uh, another way to look at it would be true perception, where what is not of God cannot affect me in any, in, in any way. Um, so, um, in, in fact, very early in the course, Jesus, um, exposes us to the idea that um, nothing not of God can affect us. In fact, it's uh, on page 19, and the section is called The Atonement as Defense. It's in chapter 2. The atonement is considered to be um, uh, the perfect correction because it doesn't um, make the error real by reacting to the error. For example, had I reacted to what happened, which I could easily say there is no world, that's a fact, but that wouldn't get me to um, the real correction that we need for our interpretations. Only, only the Holy Spirit and being connected to the Holy Spirit shows us a different way of looking at everything. And um, so the atonement is, a, he calls it a one-edged sword or a one-edged defense system. It doesn't attack. Once we've attacked, we've made the error real. That's like forgiveness to destroy. Um, once we make a judgment of, of our brother and say he's guilty, it's too late. We've made the error real. So um, then we attempt to have a different interpretation of it. But being right-minded or reason which is what we're going to talk about a lot here, reason would show us um, a, different, 
a different way of looking at things, at everything. So um, here we are on page 19. And um, let's see. Sentence five, paragraph one. Remember that where your heart is, where your heart is, is, is it with the Holy Spirit? Is it with God? Where your heart is, there is your treasure. You believe in what you value. So again, this is a question of value as well. Do I value the Holy Spirit's teaching or do I value the ego's teaching? If you are afraid, you are valuing wrongly. Your understanding will then inevitably value wrongly. And by endowing all thoughts with equal power will inevitably destroy peace. That is why the Bible speaks of the peace of God, which passeth understanding. So the goal of the Course, as we know, is, is peace. Christ's vision will give us peace. This peace is totally incapable of being shaken by errors of any kind. It denies the ability of anything not of God to affect you. This is the proper use of denial. Now you're going to start to hear, I think in this chapter 21, in the last unanswered question, we're going to start to hear the Course's famous not know. <laughs> and it always confounds students, at least in the beginning. You know, what does he mean by not know? So, no is the denial of God. And not know is to deny the denial of God. So in the case of um, a situation that's external to us and believing, for, for example, the incident where the money is gone missing and, and there's no way to get it back, um, you know, that, that would be a situation where something external, uh, not, not God, not of God, that uh, to react to that, to get upset about that, is to make the error real. Not know is to deny that that or anything external to us can hurt us. So that's the double negative that appears many, many places in A Course of Miracles. <laughs> it's, it's kind of um, famous as a matter of fact. So not know um, is a very powerful use of denial which is the opposite of the ego's use of denial, which is we feel guilt, we bury it, and we project it on somebody else. That is the inappropriate or wrong use of denial. If you skip down, uh, let's see, paragraph two, true denial is a powerful protective device. You can and you should deny any belief that error can hurt you.
This kind of denial is not a concealment, but a correction. Your right mind reason, your right mind, depends on it. This is how you protect your right mind and stay right-minded. This cannot affect me in any way. Denial of error is a strong defense of truth. But denial of truth results in miscreation. So that's what the ego does. The ego is always denying the truth, denying that we are as God created us, denying that we already have everything. That would be, again, wrong use of denial. Um, it results in miscreation, the projections of the ego. In the service of the right mind, the denial of error frees the mind and reestablishes the freedom of will. The will is, is, is free um, when it's not uh, victimized, when it's not um, bound by illusion. So I thought that worked nicely with what we're going to um, look at this morning. Um, another place um, that supports our understanding of uh, what we're going to be learning is in um, the manual, actually, in the uh, development of trust. And it's on page 10. And that, this is a, you know, this is a tough one to learn. Um, it's page 10, paragraph 4. Sentence five, it takes great learning to understand that all things, events, encounters, and circumstances are helpful. So in the situation with the money gone missing, the situation looked at with the Holy Spirit is helpful. It's empowering to learn that we can be free of um, the belief in being harmed and hurt. And it's just a flip of the switch. And in that, um, in that understanding, when everything is put in the hands of the Holy Spirit, absolutely everything can be used to teach us uh, the power of the mind, and that we cannot be harmed, hurt, or victimized in any way. The world does nothing to us. Not only is it not there, but even at the level of interpretation, we can learn that uh, all value, all learning comes from the Holy Spirit. So um, it is only, sentence six, it is only to the extent to which they are helpful that any degree of reality should be accorded them in this world of illusion. The only value that anything has 
in this world is that the Holy Spirit can use absolutely everything to teach me that I can't be harmed or hurt. It's the law. And there are no exceptions to this law. So we know, I mean, we all have, you know, things happening all the time uh, that give us the opportunity right there to choose whether I'm going to look at it. If I'm already with the Holy Spirit, so be it. That's wonderful. If I'm not, then I have to recognize that somewhere um, I went off the rails, somewhere I've gone into um, uh, the ego's domain, and pretty much the ego's uh, is the default setting that we we all have when we begin with the with the course. So we flip back into ego mode pretty quickly, pretty quickly. So we have to do a reset. We have to hit the reset button and get back with the Holy Spirit over and over and over. And so the word value can uh, be applied to nothing else. So there's no value in me winning the lottery. There's no real value in uh, things going my way all day long and getting what I want. The real value is the learning from the Holy Spirit that nothing can take away the peace, the peace of God. Um, any, any thoughts or questions that you have, want to share? Situations where you've been in a circumstance like this and all of a sudden you're really surprised, like, wow, I did not give that the power to take away my peace. And it was, it was natural. It was effortless. Thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, Bruce. Lynn, Lynn, about a decade ago, um, um, our, our websites were hacked. And so just kind of tying to this story. And, and I realized that at that moment, you know, there's that, that feeling of vulnerability and all that kind of stuff that you, the, the ego immediately jumps in and says, oh, I, I am this separate self, right? Um, and I did, the, I did the normal things. I found a, a place that, that cleaned up after day and a half of all, all the files and cleaned it all up and, and learned to use, you know, even stronger passwords and, and better, better best practices and all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, the password manager I use, I upgraded and all that kind of stuff. But, but, but while I was, while I was doing that, kind of like, you know, you, if, if you need insurance, you do the, the level of confusion stuff, you know, you do the magic that you need to do. But remember, like you're saying, is that it's not about the form. It's always about the choice in the mind for which teacher. And so, you know, that, that became an opportunity for me to look at that and realize that no matter how good an encryption or strong a passwords or, or, you know, best practices, some hacker is going to figure out a way to get around that. And, 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 and so the, the world is set up for that. You know, that's the whole point of, you know, an, a, a, an insane planet was to keep perpetuating uh, things that keep us insecure. I mean, that's the ego's, the whole ego strategy, yeah. but, but it may be foolproof, but it's not God proof. And I think that's the point of the course is saying, yeah. you know, if you, if you can just remember to just not identify with all those calamities and, and misfortunes and say, I'm not the uh, the effect of the world. I'm choosing 
what I want to make of the world. And the decision maker is really where our real identity lies. And, and, uh, but it takes a lot of practice. And sometimes we just need to do, do right. the stuff on the level of form while we're trying to remember Holy Spirit's counsel <laughs> and just say, yeah, you're not this, yeah, I'm not the victim of the world I see, you know, and, but sometimes Thank, yeah, it, yeah, it takes a lot thanks. of practice. Thank, thank you. Thanks for, for sharing that. Yeah, it's really good, good example. Uh, Tony, I think I saw yeah. your- Yeah, I was just gonna say sometimes it's almost easier, <clears throat> excuse me, um, when it's something that you totally have no idea of how to handle it, <laughs> something that really takes you by surprise, I have found that I'm able to surrender more at that point because I know it's just totally out of my realm of expertise or whatever. And then I can just go to that place and then watch. And it's almost like you're watching how it's going to work out. Oh, I have a really good example. A few years back, um, I had a friend who passed away and towards the end, she had never been ill. And um, I was kind of there with her towards the end, helping her. And when she passed, uh, she was very devout Catholic. And she wanted me, they wanted me to take care of everything, her funeral and everything. And I, I was just totally overwhelmed and helpless, you know, at that point. And I just, I just, you know, asked for guidance or whatever. I don't even know what I did. Just turned to the Holy Spirit. And it was just amazing. It was like I was just observing as different people came into the picture. And they all, without my doing anything, they all just took their places. And it was all taken care of. And I just, I really felt like I was in a moment of grace, you know. I just carried through that whole process. And everything got done without me doing anything. <laughs> and it was like wow, if I could just put that into practice all the time, you know, when it's nothing so, so big, but it really was a, a good lesson for me that things have a way of really, t you're, you're guided and things just happen, fall into place when you're not trying to be in control and figuring it all out. So um, yeah, that, anyway, that's been my experience. <laughs> Th thanks, Tony. Um, those experiences are the motivation uh, you know, to want to stay right-minded and, um, and uh, having um, situations where we do get deeply <laughs> resentful or angry or victimized are the contrasts that, you know, as we start to have those contrasts, we realize, wow, I, you know, as Tim always says, I could have had a V8, you know, I, I, I could have gone through this day and literally effortlessly navigated the dream, so to speak. And it could have been easy and effortless. And um, we have a choice about that. You know, we really do. It's, it's totally which teacher we're, we're riding through that day with. Yeah, Ross, I think. Yeah, well, I had a situation like yesterday, and um, what I kind of found helpful is like feelings came up, like I was angry at my friend, and I, I started just kind of going, well, wait a minute, why am I angry? You know, I know it's, I'm not angry for the reason I think, but I found it helpful to just go, oh, here's the old patterns that caused me to feel, what happened was we went, uh, we went rock climbing and we, he set up the trip like, yeah, well, let's camp out. 
And at seven o'clock last night, he, he said, oh, I, I don't want to camp. I'm going to drive home. And I'm like, what? You just had a <laughs> trip. But and I, I'm like, okay, so I'm feeling angry. All right. But I found it helpful to, to kind of go through, all right, what is the old pattern that would lead me to interpret that, that I, I, I need to feel angry about that, you know, and all the reasons. And it was completely justifiable to the ego, you know. He set up the trip. Why is he, he's being inconsiderate. So I just found it helpful to go through, well, this is how the ego justifies all those feelings. And then it helped me just to go, oh, okay, I see what the ego wants me to do. I don't know if that's helpful to anybody else, but I found it helpful. And I, you know, just to, just to go through that and go, well, that's, that's how the ego sees it. Let's now let's go to the Holy Spirit, which I have a different name for, because I don't really like that name. <laughs> well, you know, um, uh, we always say, what, you know, whatever works, if that works, but you know, that's a lot of work. That's a lot more work than you really need to okay. do, Ross. I mean, okay. all you really need to do, oh, here, I have the perfect, perfect place. Go to chapter five. Chapter five. This is one of my favorite prayers in the course, page 90. So there you are and you're annoyed and upset. Yeah. You don't have to figure out why or anything. All you need to do is say, I must have decided wrongly because I'm not at peace. Yeah. That's it. If you go up to the, the top of the paragraph six, decision can't be difficult. This is obvious if you realize that you must already have decided wrongly. So you you were already in a wrong-minded state of mind already or it wouldn't have bothered you wouldn't have bothered you at all Wait, so yeah. so you were already wrong-minded when he did what he did what he did is not what caused you to be upset you were already wrong-minded I must have decided wrongly because I'm not at peace. So um, this is where we can, it, it's a slippery slope, you, you know, because what you were saying was he, he caused me to be upset and angry. And that isn't the case. Yeah, well, hmm. I felt that feeling and I wanted, yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, I, this is, this is good. This is, you know, here's where uh, the rubber meets, meets the road with, with all of us. We go along, we're driving down the highway. Somebody cuts us off. If I'm right-minded, I don't even care. I don't even get upset. Well, unless you almost, roll your car or you have to screech on the brakes and you're you know no. into the person in front of you even if you do even if you do there are no exceptions to this it's uh 
you know, we told the story the other day in, in one of our classes about uh, uh, Desjardins being on the battlefields in, in the war and walking out on the battlefield and, and seeing the real world. And because he was right-minded, he was already right-minded in a situation where there was horrific um, things happening, you know, he people- could have died himself, correct? Big, big pardon? He could have died himself, the bombs yeah. falling all around him. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, you know, once we've made uh, the error, you know, once we are blaming something external, then to, to forgive that is, is forgiveness to destroy. You already made the error real. So that, you know, this is, um, this is, this is where our work is and it's not always easy. Yeah. Cause you know, I, I rock climb and I whitewater kayak and you know, it scares the crap out of me. I mean, I could seriously die. Yeah, you could. <laughs> it scares the crap out of me. It's really hard not to have that feeling. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay, I guess I got a lot to learn. <laughs> well, we all do. We all do. And thank you, you know, thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for listening because it's not easy to hear that so 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 just to repeat what you said it's too much work to go back and go okay i'm upset and and i really wasn't all that upset but i could tell that it was down below the surface but because of the course you know i just said okay hey man you know i'm I'm surprised you didn't make this decision earlier. It's seven o'clock at night. You had all day to tell me you weren't gonna, you know, camp. But okay, whatever. Let's uh, let's go rock climbing next Wednesday. See, the the ego loves it when we analyze why we did it, and oh, and that's a repeat of something that happened twenty years ago. And ta da 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 da. It's all making the error real. It's all a way of justifying it. So as we start to catch ourselves, you know, many times a day, I find myself tempted to talk about something that I, you know, that's gone wrong, to repeat a story about something that's gone wrong. Which I'm doing now. Sometimes, sometimes I catch it and I say, you know, I don't want to do it. Other times I know I'm going to do it. I know I'm going to tell a story and I don't stop. I do it (laughs) and I feel lousy, you know, when I catch it and I don't go there, there's a, there's a feeling of such strength in that that we can literally do that in any, any circumstance. We're talking about the power of the mind to decide. And that's the only power we have, the only power we have. That's it. In terms of the dream, we have one power and that is to choose 
Who do I go through my day with? The ego or the Holy Spirit? Who is my companion? And I know by the world that I'm seeing. If it's a world of chaos and people aren't doing the right thing and I'm, I'm, I'm hurt by something somebody tells me and I'm upset about what I see on the TV, it's all because I'm not looking with a teacher that gives true value to absolutely everything. The real value, the value of the power of our mind to choose. And so, yeah, of course we, um, like I said, the, the default setting is the ego. Have a problem with everything. <laughs> it loves it. And then analyze it, why it's there, how it happened. And, you know, maybe it's something that happened in my childhood or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, so, so. Thank you for you know the, that opportunity for us to learn together because we are we're all learning together here. Yeah, well, at least I guess I'm doing better because the, the anger was it was like suppressed, and I I was able to look at it. Yeah, and you realize you don't want it, and the next time, right, right. you know, and and we'll be more attentive to starting out our day right and seeing if we can stay right-minded and then noticing when we're not. You know, I, we can get agitated over anything. The slightest thing can irritate us. And Jesus says, it's over the top of intense rage. It's not just a little annoyance. It's, it's over the top of yeah, intense anger and, and, and rage, you know, so and murder. It's if it's not love, it's murder. Is it's it? murder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we want to murder probably many times a day that we don't even catch it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, I want to make sure that uh, everybody gets to say anyone else. Yes. Oris. Well, I've been uh, bumbling along <laughs> and, and all through the day, not sure where my mind is. And when I am, then I, okay. Uh, and then I had a wonderful thing happen yesterday that, I th that I'm just gonna say that I discovered I must've been in the right mind because I, I was driving down the street and I, somebody behind me uh, turned behind me and there was a big wreck right behind me and I just barely missed it. I was felt so calm. And I thought, oh, yeah, I must have been <laughs> in the right mind. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to say that, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Anyone else? All right. Re Rebecca. Rebecca. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. Um, so Tim and I were talking about the kind of a really similar sort of situation on Wednesday. And I was curious with, with your situation after you, you know, were hacked and the money was taken. Did you, did you, did you do anything after that? Um, yes, um, I did. Um, I did. I, you know, thought, well, what, what kinds of things could I do? 
and um, I tried a couple of things. Uh, and, you know, I, re I realized that um, none of it was going to work, <laughs> none of what I was trying to do, and I, I just let it go. I just let it go. Now, I suppose I could could have continued that, but that just isn't my, um, if, if I had peacefully been someone who can do that kind of thing and do a lot of investigation and I, and I am not, so I, I just let it go for me. Somebody else might have continued to do investigation and maybe could have recovered it with a lot of time and energy and, and work, but because, uh, you know, I didn't feel injured or victimized in any way, um, it, it was really just easy to let it go. Was there, was there like a knowing that if you continued to go into it, that it would, t that your peace would be gone? In my case, it would have been because, um, uh, I, um, I'm not skilled, it's an area I'm not skillful in. And I, I would have gotten frustrated and, and upset, which is, you know, that's my problem. But uh, my, my brain doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work that way anymore. So it's like, you know, and, and you know, it, it could have reinforced some scarcity beliefs. Oh my God, you know, I've, I've really lost something, but that didn't happen either. You know, I mean, we, there is, you know, on, a, on one level, the only loss would be that I would forget that I have a Holy Spirit as a guy. That would be a terrible loss or, you know, losses on a different level than if you lose some money. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't Thank know you. if that's helpful. Yeah, that's, that's incredibly helpful. Thank you so much. Anyone else? So I was thinking about, I got upset about something somebody said and, um, or I thought I did, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and, and the, I could feel the justified reaction to it come right to the surface. So, you know, based on that thing you read, um, I'm, I've already decided to throw the Holy Spirit out the window and, and now I'm just waiting for anything to happen so that can vent. But I sure don't think it's that. I, I sure think it's because of what they said. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, what they said wouldn't have bothered me. Right. right. So, so that so the premise is I'm not upset for the reason I think. I think it's because of what they said, and I felt totally justified in reacting the way I did. And then, and so so I admit maybe I'm not upset for the reason I think maybe I already threw the Holy Spirit out the window. But I, you know, so what do I do then? Is the question. <laughs> what 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 approach do I take? I'm still upset. <laughs> I'm just even if I'm not upset for the reason I think, I'm still upset. So what do I do? <laughs> yeah, well, you you go to page ninety, <laughs> right here, page nine. We all have a page ninety. You just flip right over to that page ninety. Somebody tore that page out of my book. <laughs> and say this, you know, and he says, you say this to yourself as sincerely as you can like he's not even saying you really mean it a hundred percent but as sincerely as you can 
and the Holy Spirit will respond fully to your slightest invitation. So I must have decided wrongly because now I'm really not at peace and I'm blaming somebody else. But I made the decision by myself and I can also decide otherwise. Even after the fact, I made the decision by myself to be angry and remain angry. I want to decide otherwise because I want to be at peace. I don't feel guilty. That's the other thing. When we attack, we feel guilty. When we, when we attack our brother, even if it seems justified, you know, we, we could put down the sword and not attack back. But I don't feel guilty because I'm letting the Holy Spirit undo all the consequences of my wrong decision to be angry and to stay angry and justify it. Uh, he'll undo the consequences of my wrong decision if I'll let him. And, you know, the consequences would be um, adding to my own guilt. Um, I choose to let him by letting him decide for God for me. But, you know, at that point, I can't decide for God. The Holy Spirit decides for God for me because I've already, you know, <laughs> already separated and reinforced the separation. So, yeah. So I think, I think I've, you know, I feel like Jesus is tricking me sometimes. So he, I, I do this little prayer. And if the problem all along was I threw the Holy Spirit out the window, now I'm inviting him back in. And suddenly I feel better. Even if what they said was wrong. <laughs> it was just wrong. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Sooner or later, sooner or later you have to make that or it remains as a grievance. Lynn Altman had some. Yeah, Lynn. Um, yeah, this is so great. What I was realizing when you were telling, well, the stories that people have shared is that I'm relying on a positive outcome to show that it's really been worthwhile going to the Holy Spirit rather than staying with the ego. And so when you shared that it wasn't something that you needed to pursue, I've watched myself think, well, gosh, how do you know you're not being victimized? Or how would I know that I'm not being victimized? But that, that kind of tenacity in me to, to hold on to the victim mentality. Uh, I, I mean, I just saw it in another way that, um, that I, uh, it's almost like I don't know what to say about it. It's just like I'm seeing that and how much of my old sort of new thought thinking was that if, if I can get my mind to, to, to be in that sort of central place, then everything is going to be beautiful around me. It's all going to unfold the way I need it to. I'm going to be in the right place with the right people at the right time. And this is really about saying it's totally inner. It is totally inner. And if nothing changes on the outside, there is a way to feel that peace. And I mean, that's, it's so much more vivid to me right now that it's totally inner. Right. You, you cannot, none of us can be taken advantage of. 
Who we are cannot be taken advantage of. If we defend ourselves, we've been taken advantage of. Right? We say we've been attacked. Right. If I defend myself, I am attacked. Now that happens at the mind level, what you're just pointing out. Mm -hmm. Whether I can be taken advantage of or not is a decision in my mind. It is a decision to be a victim. And we love it. <laughs> you know? So it doesn't mean that if somebody comes at you with something, you wouldn't stop them or that you wouldn't intervene if somebody was hurting, say, a child. You would intervene, but you still would not see yourself as a victim. You can still stop the action, but the question is, where are we in our mind with it? Are we, are we choosing the road of being unfairly treated, taken advantage of, um, mistreated, misused, or are we just, you know, stopping something from somebody being hurt? Sometimes it's not me being the victim. Like, like I, when Ross told that story, I wasn't even there and I wanted to punch that guy. <laughs> Ross was the victim. How unfair is that? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we, we get involved in other people's victimization. But we're still making that that real. No, nobody's nobody's being victimized. Unless we want to see it that way. We're, we all have opportunities for learning, for sure. Stephen has some. Yeah, um, for, for me, I have to I have to realize and when I'm in these situations like I can't I can't do this I, I almost always just go straight for ego but I don't have to do this perfectly all I have to do is have have a little bit of willingness um, because every time this happens to me I almost always go in the wrong direction with ego because ego doubles down Ego's at the at the ready at all times uh, but Jesus knows that and so he tells us things like uh, you know as, as sincerely as you can you know, just take just take a little bit of a lean that way. Uh, you know, in the happy dream, uh, uh, he, he says the same thing. He says, in spite of the fear, you know, ask Holy Spirit. Doesn't matter how, how afraid you are, because ego is going to double down on that fear at that point. You know, it's kind of sure. like what Lynn Altman was saying, kind of like what Tim just said. Uh, but I got, you know, I, I have to realize that ego's there all the time, relentless after me, especially when I'm about to go in the right direction. Thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. Anyone else? All right. Well, I mean, this will come up more and more frequently, you know, for all of us as we go along this, this journey together. And one of the wonderful things about us learning together is um, we, it's, it's more valuable to see how we get it wrong and admit it and change it than it is to always have to be right. It's, it, 
because then we're, we're then we're going to be trying to cover things up, you know. And um, uh, I, I, today, when coming to this class, and I thought, you know, this section we're going to look at, you know, oh, God only knows, you know. I, 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 we're going to we're going to learn this together because I really can't say I know exactly what this says. I don't. <laughs> so. I think our commitment, though, to um, uh, to learn and to admit when we um, go go down the wrong the wrong road and maybe get found out, that's good news. It's good news when we go through the day and we catch ourselves. So, um, yeah, let's go to the function of reason. It's on um, page 456. And he's outlined here. Um, here we go. <laughs> the function of reason. Um, he's outlined, I'm going I'm to start with paragraph um Two. Reality needs no cooperation from you to be itself. Reality is reality. And you don't make it. It's, it's already made. It's already true. Um, but your awareness of reality needs your help because it is your choice. It's your choice whether you want to know reality or whether you want illusion. The choice is simply, do I want the ego, which will show you illusion, or do I want the Holy Spirit, which will show me the truth? Listen to what the ego says and see what it directs you to see, and it is sure that you will see yourself as tiny, vulnerable, and afraid. So, I mean, to use uh, Ross's um, incident, and if you look at what the ego was telling him, or what you know, I heard him sharing. There, there, there was no grandeur, which is the natural state of the Son of God. Grandeur. Um, there was only, um, you know, the story, the investigation of why this thing happened, you know, and, and who was to blame and um, the misery that had caused him. So that's what's going to happen if we use the ego in any way. It is not going to show us who we truly, truly are. Um, see what it directs and you if you notice carefully, you will feel vulnerable in some way and you will feel afraid in some way. You will experience depression, a sense of worthlessness, feelings of impermanence and unreality. You will believe that you are a helpless prey to forces beyond your own, con own control. This happened to me. 
by circumstances outside myself. This is what the ego is always trying to teach us. And far more powerful than you. I had, I, I had no control over it. It all happened to me. And you will think the world you made directs your destiny. The world outside of you, your brother outside of you is in control of your peace and your joy. This will be your faith. Your faith will be in what you see. You see it because you wanted to see it. And it's showing you where your faith is. But never believe because it is your faith, it makes reality. All right, now here's the alternative. There is another vision and another voice. So here we go, Holy Spirit in which your freedom lies awaiting but your choice and if you place your faith in them vision and the other voice referring here to the holy spirit if your faith goes to them then you will perceive another self in you because you chose from a right-minded place you chose reason. This other self sees miracles as natural. They are as simple and as natural to it as breathing. So the Course says miracles are natural when they do not occur, something's gone wrong. I've gone wrong. I've chosen the wrong teacher. They, meaning miracles, are the obvious response to calls for help. The only one it makes. Miracles seem unnatural to the ego because it does not understand how separate minds can influence each other. Nor could they do so. But minds cannot be separate. This other self is perfectly aware of this. The Holy Spirit in us is perfectly aware that minds are joined and the miracle is shared. And thus it recognizes that miracles do not affect another's mind, only its own. So this is a really important piece. We, we hear and we know that miracles are shared in the sense that where the miracle is shared is in my mind with with all brothers everywhere so uh, i'm let's let's go to um page three in the course there are a few things about miracles here that i think would be will be helpful it's page three very very beginning of the text. 
All right, miracle principle. Um, well, number number one, there's no order of difficulty in miracles. One's not harder or bigger than another. They're all the same. All expressions of love are maximal. If we have chosen the Holy Spirit and we're right-minded, miracles are naturally occurring through us without any uh, management on our part. Um, sentence, I uh, mean, uh, number three, miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. The real miracle is the love that inspires them. In this sense, everything that comes from love is a miracle. The fifth one, miracles are habits. They should be involuntary. We don't control them. We don't do them. They should not be under conscious control. Consciously selected miracles can be misguided. Uh, miracles are natural. When they do not occur, something has gone wrong. So the, the miracle responds to calls for love everywhere. Calls for love going out everywhere and the miracle responds to that. But the only, the only mind um, that changes is your mind. The only mind that changes is, is my mind. It isn't the mind of the other person is changed, but it's changed. Where is it changed? In my mind. So, you know, all we need to, to, to know is that if we choose the right teacher, we are going to uh, witness the effects of choosing the right teacher, which seems to be uh, external to us, but it's really not. It's only happening in our mind. I know this is, is difficult to actually grok it and stay with it because we so much want to see it um, outside. We want to think that we're doing something to somebody else or for somebody else. And it is really only in my mind. In other words, um, uh, you, you know, the, the most powerful experience I had of, of, of this was to see in my own mind the resurrection of my son who died two, three years ago. And it, uh, it, it was like, oh, I get it. No, nobody dies on your watch because in your mind, <laughs> you raise the dead. In your mind, you heal the sick. We don't, again, we don't make the error real. We don't make the situation um, nothing not of God is true. So all of this is happening in our mind. Now we will wander into the externals. <laughs> we will do that. 
but it's it's um ultimately we need to learn that there is only one mind and it's it's only it's only your mind and everything you're seeing is in your mind it isn't there is no out there now we don't start with that but we start with my interpretation is in my mind i can start there i can start with the way i'm seeing this i'm responsible for it i'm either a victim the ego is my teacher or the Holy Spirit is my teacher and it's a classroom and it's a lesson and I can learn what's true here from the, from the Holy Spirit and it will be a valuable, it has value because it's a valuable lesson. It has meaning because it's all within my mind. I, 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 you know, it's difficult to talk about that because it's, um, it feels kind of, I don't know, clumsy, but and anybody well, you has use, you a use better the way. phrase you use the phrase manage miracles and then i was thinking about the ways that i manage them like like and, and that's what disrupts the flow because as soon as i start managing miracles i uh i you know it's like i decide who should get them <laughs> and in ross's case i decide who shouldn't get them <laughs> obviously that guy went home should not get a miracle <laughs> like I, i'm suddenly deciding who should get one who should who shouldn't that's the way i manage them <laughs> right right charlotte we, had uh, something we have nothing to do with it J judy was it judy charlotte first i think and then uh judy. okay charlotte charlotte okay so i just want to see if i have this right um so if I'm in a situation and I want to be in the right mind, so I ask the Holy Spirit to be there to help me in this situation. Now that's behavioral, right? And so that's, anyway. So I'm hoping the, high, the higher power, um, the Holy Spirit rather, will guide me to the right way to handle the outcome. But... So what you're saying is that it doesn't really matter what happens as long as I feel peace with the answer. The outcome doesn't, is, is, is not the goal. The, the, the outcome is peace of mind. That's, so, that's the goal, always, peace of mind. Okay. So that's good for me if I'm just handling me. And what if I'm responsible for other people. And it kind of makes me feel that I'm being irresponsible or aloof in, if situations occur and I just am feeling nice and peaceful now. Well, you are responsible for how you see someone else. Even if they're demonstrating that they're fearful, your job is to, to not see them that way, but to see them the way you would want yourself to be seen, as, as peaceful, as whole, as healed, because that's a fact. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. Okay. Lynn? You, your brother is where, where you want to be is where you place your brother. You know, if, if, you, if you choose to see suffering in him, 
then you're also giving the belief in suffering to yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, that doesn't mean that you're not compassionate with somebody that really believes it, that they're suffering and, and is manifesting suffering. But in your mind, your, your choice there is to see him as, as uh, a part of you and both of you are healed in, in, the, in the Christ mind. Okay. Does that make sense, Charlotte? It does. Yeah, okay. Bruce, you, you had something? Oh, I was just gonna say, it seems like our, our real job is just choosing Holy Spirit. And then, <laughs> and then Holy Spirit does the rest. So even even the idea that, that we have to to do something, you know, is I keep reminding myself every time I pick up the blue book, it's like it's always and only about the mind, and it's always and only about you know what uh, the decision maker setting is on the on the switch in my mind of which teacher. Yeah. yeah, the major distraction is to start making it about other people and you know figuring out you know what they need to do and and. No, you raise them up in your own mind. You know, nobody dies. They, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lie. There is no such thing as death. It's a belief that if, if you want to continue to believe in it, you know, you can go ahead and do that. But there is another way. He says you can heal the sick and raise the dead, but you do it in your own mind. Uh, Judy, I think you had. I think um, you just answered my question. Um, so uh, miracles can be retroactive in the sense that if I've got, you know, if I've got an issue with a friend of mine who died, um, forgiveness can bring me peace about that retroactively. Absolutely. Or, Absolutely. Okay. There is, you know, time is the great illusion. I mean, they're here right now. Great. Good yep. news. Thank yeah, you. it's good news. It's yeah. good news. And it, and it makes us totally responsible for how we see everything. Yeah. It's, this is really helping me. Thank you. Right. Ken, uh, Ken Wapnick was always emphatic that um, once I stop trying to manage the miracle, once I stop trying once i lay down my investments and my judgments about the situation and anybody in it that um and i'll know when that's clean i mean there's always a sense if i'm still hanging on to something that somebody should or shouldn't do <laughs> my my sanity depends on what they do or not so it, until it gets clean yeah you know what what i'll do after it does get clean what i'll do after i lay down the judgments ken was always emphatic that it'll just come naturally that's what it means naturally like the behavior will reflect some kind of gentle approach to everybody in the situation everybody I, i'm not you know i'm not judging anybody anymore including myself so out of that out of that clean feeling out of that i've laid down all my judgments ab about and we don't always have you know the uh the time to do that sometimes we have to act immediately and then step back later and decided you know realize who i judged and who i didn't because <laughs> the judgments aren't going to go away till i lay them down whether it's happening in the moment <laughs> or i hang on to them so you know but that that idea that behavior will flow naturally out of 
out of me and through me when I when I actually stop trying to manage the miracle. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's we don't we don't do it. I, I uh, started on this um, chart that I was going to, to draw and I sort of uh, aborted the attempt to to explain it this way. But um, uh, the idea that um, the the call is being answered um, uh, miracles are as simple and as natural to us as breathing is to the body. They are the obvious response to calls for help. The only one it makes. Uh, the response uh, of love uh, to the call for love. And it's just beautiful to think of that as um you know going out to wherever it's needed and uh it 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 gives us a different view of the miracle it's uh you know a totality rather than you know the idea of you know from body to body it's not like that it's from mind to mind and uh, all minds are 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 joined um i think uh does anybody else have a question before we close? Yeah, Monica. Hi, um, I was thinking about uh, what you were saying about the, you know, the murderous rage. I was thinking about how my mom used to say, she was a very feisty woman, and she used to say, um, I work out every day. I go to the gym every day because if I didn't, I'd kill people. And, um, you know, there's like this need to get it out. And um, I started doing a, an acting class recently just for fun. And I was doing this um, monologue and um, I was trying to manage the anger of the person that I was being this, this fictitious person, this isn't me. And I was trying to manage it, and be clever about it. And the teacher said, uh, read it again, but this time let it rip, just let it rip. So I did, and oh my gosh, it was so cathartic. And what I was left with afterwards, besides you know feeling like I needed a cigarette, it felt so good. But <laughs> afterwards I thought, um, where did that come from? Where was that murderous rage that I just, was being this fake person, but it came out of me. And I thought, it's there. It's there just waiting to come out. So I was wondering about, my question would be, since we think we have bodies and we move through the world thinking we have bodies, is it not a good idea to do things like go for a walk or scream into your pillow or go to the gym just to, just to get some of that out? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I guess I guess if it if if you feel better but you know is it lasting? I guess. You know, it it always feels good when you have a really good knockdown drag out fight with somebody. You know, I don't mean physical, but you know you'd scream and you shout and and and, and for a moment it feels like oh wow, you know that was really good. Whew. But then, you know, the next time you're mad and angry. Now, what you're talking about is 
I, I don't know how to deal with the acting part. You know, you're dealing with. Well, I think the value, the value for me wasn't just knowing it was there and, and that even, you know, it's not mine, it depersonalizing it, you know, yeah. saying it's, this yeah. is just there, but it's, I'm not even playing me and it's there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So depersonalizing yeah. it, I think there's value in that. Right, right. So, so it doesn't belong to anybody. Well, the truth is none of this belongs to anybody because there isn't anybody. Our problem is when we do identify with whatever it is, we identify with fear, we identify with rage, we identify with, you know, you name it. And the only thing that we really identify with, of course, says identify with love. In that section, I think it's at the bottom of what is a miracle. It's at the bottom of one of the questions. And he keeps saying, identify with love and you'll be happy. Identify with love. And so that would be the one thing that would be true. The, the rest would be, like you said, acting and don't identify with it. That's good. Yeah, yeah great. All right. Uh, let's see here if I can find something that we can close with. Um, Oh, I know where I'm going. All right. Hold on a second. We'll be there in a second. I like this part about the real world. The real world. I, I'm on page 235. Actually, I'm on. Two thirty-five, paragraph 8. The real world was given you by God. In loving exchange for the world you made and the world you see. The real world is in the mind. It's not in form. It's in the mind. Only take it from the hand of Christ and look upon it. Its reality will make everything else invisible, for beholding it is total perception. And as you look upon it, you will remember that it was always so. Nothingness will become invisible to you for you will at last have seen truly. Redeemed perception is easily translated into knowledge, for only perception is capable of error, and perception has never been. Being corrected, it gives place to knowledge which is forever the only reality. The atonement is but the way back to what was never lost. Your father could not cease to love his son.
remember that only what the Holy Spirit sees can be seen at all. Everything else is not seeing. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for hanging in there. <laughs> oh, thank you. We made Thank you, Lynn. Thanks, everybody. Thank you very much, Lynn. Thank you, everybody. Thank Thanks you. for all your great shares and opportunities for us to learn together. It's awesome. Awesome. I love you. <laughs> love one another. It's, well, it's easy. Yeah.